The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Back from commemorations of yesterday, back in studio, back to talk to us. Joining us on the line now, our correspondent from Israel, Rolene Marks. Rolene, good afternoon. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. I missed you yesterday. Uh, well, we missed you to too. Great to have you back on board, Rolene. Well, there's so much to cover now, so much transpiring during the course of the day. Let's start with the Supreme Court convening to discuss the reasonableness law, the protests, and the particularly the updates. Where do we stand with the situation now? Uh, before I get there, we just have a breaking news coming in from Miami. The Sheikh Hillel Community School yes. has been evacuated due to reports of an explosive alert. This is according to Miami-Dade fire rescue officials telling their local Channel 10 news. Wow. Oh dear, I wish then we just hope that everything is fine there and that everything is, everyone's evacuated safely. Thanks for that, Rolene. Okay, so let's get back to the Supreme Court. That has really headlined the day. It's convened to discuss reasonableness law, the protests, the updates. What is the latest? Well, you and I have been chatting about the historical day that is uh, due to be upon us, and today mm -hmm. it is upon us. Today is September the 12th, which means we have the historic meeting, unprecedented, a sitting of all 15 Supreme Court High Court Justices. So they are hearing at least eight petitions against the reasonableness law. Now, remember, just right. a couple of weeks ago, we had those major protests break out after the Knesset passed the reasonableness uh, law. It was quite a dramatic day. In, uh, um, in the Knesset, we know the opposition did not enter the room in boycott. We saw the frantic toing and froing from the Defence Minister Gallant pleading with Justice Minister uh, Yariv Levine to try and reach a compromise, which he refused to do. And Netanyahu, uh, for the first time that we've seen in his career, looking completely feckless, uh, and it passed. And basically, what it does is it removes judicial scrutiny from uh, the government and government activities, which many people see as a step towards eroding the democracy and would also leave uh, government unaccountable right. for any transgressions that they do. Now, of course, we have... Um, we have a, a lot of people uh, pro the uh, reasonableness clause being removed and, and, and a lot of people who are for it being removed. So uh, I'm not going to get into the merits of both, artic mm -hmm. uh, of both arguments. I, I've just basically touched on why there are many who see it as um, a threat to democracy. Um, Sorry, Rolene, carry on. So uh, we've had a day of intense debate. We don't uh, believe that the court will reach a decision today. It may right. take a, a while, mm. even a couple of weeks, mm. for them uh, to reach a conclusion after they have debated this. But what we do know is that we have had some really robust uh, discussions. And just a short while ago, the president of the High Court, Esther Hayut, saying, uh, uh, you know, that democracy is eroded in small steps. And we've also heard from the um, the attorneys 
uh, arguing arguing from the uh, the government's perspective, saying that the High Court doesn't have the power to get involved with, when it comes to basic laws. It's a very very complicated mm. uh, situation. You know, just to remind you that Israel doesn't have a constitution. We have. Um, a declaration of independence and what we call the basic laws, the laws which essentially, uh, for, for the purposes of this argument, protect minority rights. This is why it is such a contentious hotbed issue, sure. is what happens if um, some of these basic laws are, are struck down. What does this mean for minority communities, including women, including uh, mm-hmm. Arab Israelis, including members of the LGBTQ community, knowing that we do have elements within our um, government who are um, uh, extremely right-wing. Mm. And um, also happening about an hour ago, judges have told the movement for the movement of quality government in Israel who filed the bulk of these petitions that they are not there to decide or consider the entire judicial overhaul. They are there right now to examine this one particular clause, um, which I think is the High Court acting um, very, very uh, fairly, Mm -hmm. showing, you know, why it is necessary to have a a, a separate uh, judiciary from the legislative. But uh, we did have a protest last night. We had protests outside the Supreme Court in Jerusalem, tens of thousands turning out. We're expecting the same tonight. Massive clashes Mm. here in Moody yesterday morning between the Brothers in Arms group and uh, police outside uh, Justice Minister Yariv Levine's uh, home in Modi Inn. And, and of course, you and I have been, uh, I think, maybe playing will we have compromised bingo? Uh, and we've had Netanyahu saying that he's prepared to put forward a, a compromise. We mm. don't have the exact details uh-huh. uh, of that yet. Um, but Benny Gantz, the chairman of National Unity, saying that, you know, he's uh, very uh, pro-compromise uh, as long as it protects democracy. And um, Yair Lapid taking a more stubborn perspective, saying that um, he believes that this is just the uh, prime minister trying to angle for an invitation um, to the White House. He will leave for the... Um, for the United States next week. He's due to address the UN General Assembly. He is not going to meet mm-hmm. with the um, the President at the White House. There's mm-hmm. no invitation for that. And of course we have the far-right leaders of the coalition saying that uh, absolutely no way are they going to, to compromise. Mm-hmm. That is seen as a surrender. <laughs> Again, Rolene, what story are we going to be talking about tomorrow? Time will tell. Let's see what the discussion will focus tomorrow on the afternoon overdrive. Let's move on from that and look at uh, Defence Minister Gallant's uh, statement from him saying that Iran has built an airport in Lebanon 20 kilometres away from Israel's border. This is deeply, deeply concerning. Now, is, it, was, is it confirmed? Is it confirmed? It has been confirmed uh-huh. by uh, Lebanese media who said okay. that uh, uh, the, the Iranian flag has indeed been uh, been flying there and these kind of 
the and basically confirms the intel. So he was addressing the, at uh, Repanati University, he, which uh, many of you know is the IDC. Mm-hmm. He was uh, addressing the. Um, the uh, seminar, the convention on counter-terror, and he said that Israel has received the intel uh, and the imagery, uh, and they've actually made this Im- these images public, and he says that uh, the intel we found was that the Iranian flag was flying over flight paths, and that there is an airport possibly built to, to launch attacks against Israeli civilians. Mm-hmm. Just some uh, 20 kilometers away from the, the border between Israel and Lebanon. And uh, it, wow. it's really, really frightening. He says that this is meant for terrorist purposes. So in other words, to launch attacks on the state of Israel. I take it the appearance of this airport is more likely an air force base. Well, he hasn't used the words Air Force Base. Mm, he just mm. used, I think, a very, very careful yeah. to to choose which words he makes uh, certainly public, saying that this is uh, an airport. That's the terminology he, he chose to go with. Okay, let's see how that story transpires also, Rolin, as we carry on our conversations around what's happening in Israel at the moment. Speaking of Israel and the United States marking 911 at a ceremony yesterday, you were covering it. Take us through that. Very, very emotional. You know, I mean, mm. yesterday marked 22 years since the September the 11th terror attacks, which I think completely changed the world yes. uh, and certainly brought into global consciousness the war on, on terror and right. uh, uh, just the the patience and, and the cunning that terrorists have and are willing to strike at the heart of Western democracy. Mm. And, and I think that the September the 11th attacks will live on in infamy, and I certainly remember where I was that day. Now, outside of the United States, Israel has what we call the only living memorial to the victims of 9-11. There's a a beautiful memorial just outside Jerusalem Mm -hmm. in a park sponsored by the JNF USA, and it is the only memorial to contain all the names Mm -hmm. of the victims of those heinous attacks, and it's actually quite beautiful. It's an American flag, the tip of which is a flame reaching to the sky, and in the base is encased some remnants of the World Trade Center. So it was very, very humbling yesterday to be at such a moving right, ceremony wow. attended by uh, the United States Embassy, uh, families, bereaved families who had lost loved ones mm-hmm. on that day, U.S. Marine Corps firefighters, police from the United States uh, and Israel a delegation from United Airlines, very, very emotional to look across the aisle where I was sitting and see uh, the captain uh, give a very short address and sit down with a look on his face that, that basically said it all today. Sure. Uh, or said it all. And, and just to hear uh, from loved ones the, the sense of loss that it may be 22 years, but time hasn't healed their wounds. Roland, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us, giving us some background and update as to what's happening in Israel at the moment. Our correspondent from Israel, Roland Marks.